0: Welcome to the girl means business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guest and I will share our experiences, insights and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to episode 169 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Today we're talking all about client management systems or CRMs, which really stands for client relationship management, but I like client management systems a little better. I feel like that explains a little bit more about what these programs offer. Now, today we're going to be talking with Charlotte Isaac. She is a business operations consultant who gave up her role as a corporate operations manager instead of a creative agency so that she could serve small business owners who love their people just as much as she does hers. Through her signature program, Ease Seeker Society and her DIY DIY Dubsado shop, Charlotte helps overwhelmed and overworked entrepreneurs build customized solutions so they can serve their clients better, automate busy work, and feel confident in their business. And I think that kind of sums up the purpose of a CRM. It's to help you build automations, feel confident, serve your clients, and run your business with ease. I've said this here many, many times on the podcast, and if you've been to my Instagram page or checked out my website, you know that I live for my HoneyBook account. HoneyBook is the CRM that I personally choose to work through, and it's one that I've used since the beginning of my photography business. Okay, maybe not the beginning, but really early on in my photography business, and I've been able to carry it over into the Girl Means Business coaching brands. Now there's a ton of things that I like about using a CRM and especially that I love about using HoneyBook and I'm not here to sell you on one or the other. You'll hear in my conversation with Charlotte that we talk about Dubsado, we talk about HoneyBook, there's so many other ones out there that are available as well, but I wanted to tell you just briefly kind of why I think it's so important to have a client management system in your business. Essentially, it's like having a virtual assistant to some degree. You're able to set up all of these automations and workflows and systems in your business that can run behind the scenes without you having to lift a finger or do anything. It's super helpful for creating client trust, client communication. You can send invoices and contracts and questionnaires and collect all their information in one place. For me, that was the biggest thing that I took away from starting to use HoneyBook was that I no longer had to dig through emails and Google Docs and Google Forms and all the different places I was keeping client information. It was all housed in one central location. Now, as I mentioned, there are a variety of client management systems out there. You'll hear Charlotte talking about Dubsado, and obviously, you know, I have a really strong relationship with HoneyBook. I will link to both of those in the show notes. However, if you're interested in trying out HoneyBook, I do have some resources over on the Girl Means Business website. If you go to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash HoneyBook, you can see a behind the scenes demo of how I use HoneyBook in my business. You can go inside of my account to see how it works. And I have an exclusive offer for those of you who listen to the Girl Means Business podcast where you can get half off your first year with HoneyBook. So make sure you head to the show notes to check that out. All right, guys, I can't wait for you to dive into this conversation with Charlotte. So let's get started. Hey, guys, welcome Charlotte Isaac to the Girl Means Business podcast. Welcome, Charlotte. First of all, thank you so much for getting up super early your time to chat with us today it means so much to us so welcome to the show and we're so happy to have you here thanks so much Kendra worth waking up and drinking a lot of coffee for (laughs) well good good I'm excited to get into our conversation today so let's start with introduce yourself to my audience let everybody know kind of who you are and what you do um and you know where you are so they know like why you're up so early (laughs)
1: So my name is Charlotte Isaac, I am based in Sydney, Australia, so complete opposite side of the world. I'm a day ahead of Kendra, time zone math, like let's not get into that one, but (laughs) it's very confusing. Um, So I help small business owners, mostly creatives, uh, streamline their processes and automate it using a CRM called Dubsado. And the end goal of that really is so that they can take on more clients and, you know, with less fuss and spend more time doing the things they love in their business. I love that. So explain to everybody that may be new to the world of CRMs, what exactly a CRM is and what it does. It's so confusing, isn't it? When you first hear it and people are like dropping the name and you're like, what on earth are they talking about? (laughs) So if that's you, totally okay. Everyone does it. Um, So CRM stands for client or customer relationship management. So a CRM tool is basically something that helps you look after your clients. Um, So the most common ones that you'll probably hear people talk about are Dubsado and HoneyBook. And really they have a bunch of features inside of them. Like you can build a contact form for your website. You can have schedulers in there. They can do all of your proposals and contracts and invoices and all of the kind of things that we need to do with our clients to look after them. And the really cool thing about them is that they can often automate a lot of that process for you. So that's why I get excited about it.
0: Yes. Okay. So you specialize in Dubsado. I know we've been to this mm-hmm. prior to recording. So I use HoneyBook. I've used it for, A while now. Before that, I used one called 17 Hats. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Um, I assume it's still around because I haven't really looked into it. But um, we were saying that, you know, like you said, they kind of all do similar things. Um, So what should someone look for when they are choosing a CRM
1: platform? Yeah. So 17 hats firstly, definitely does exist. It hasn't, hasn't kind of gone anywhere. I think it's kind of fallen back compared to Dubsado and HoneyBook too, though. So they're the two that if you are looking for a CRM, I would play around with those ones first. Um, They both have really great features. The difference really is that HoneyBook is a little bit simpler to set up from the get-go. So if you sign up for HoneyBook, it kind of works out of the box. Um, which a lot of people really, really love. You can still customize everything and make it your own, but you're not going to have to spend hours upon hours making it work. Dubsado definitely takes a little bit more to get set up um, because there's a lot more you can customize. And the benefit of using Dubsado is that we can go a little bit further with some of the automation. So it really depends what's important to you, whether you need something that'll work right away or whether you want something that you can infuse a ton of automation into.
0: I love it. Well, and I've I've said this on this podcast multiple times. And I've told people that I talked to I was like, when I went from like keeping track of my clients in at literal file folders with like printed off contracts and copies of checks that people would send me. And I mean, it was a mess. When I went from that to 17 hats and then ultimately honeybook, it was huge for my business because. And I tell this story sometimes too. Like when I was first starting out in photography, I had a client. We would email back and forth all the time about like, okay, this location, that location, this time, that time. You know, we'll meet at this spot, whatever. Um, And so when it came time for the session, I would have to go back through that entire like chain of emails to figure out, okay, what did we finally decide to do? And there was one particular session where we had kind of talked about a couple different locations and in one of the emails, I saw where we had said, okay, let's meet at this time at this location. I went to that location. They had gone to a different location. (laughs) So I'm like texting. I'm like, Hey, I'm in the parking lot. And they're like, yeah, me too. We don't see you, you know, finally realized what happened. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, I need something way more organized than just my Gmail inbox of trying to keep track of these messages back and and sending they're like, Hey, here's this PDF, sign it, I'll send it back to me and I'll print it off and put it in a file. Like though, that's so outdated. And that like, it's a game changer when you
1: have everything in one place. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm so glad you shared that story as well too, because I think that like so many of us underestimate the mental load that we take on when we look after our clients. Like if you had one client, great. Like you'd never forget which parking lot to turn up to. You'd be all over it. But like none of us only have one client. We're all trying to look after a million things with our clients. And then also the other stuff we have to do in business too. So even just as a filing system, which I know you use HoneyBook as so much more than that, but if that was all you were getting from it, like it can make a huge difference from the get-go just by using one.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's say someone has signed up for Dubsado or HoneyBook. And they get into the system and they think, okay, what's kind of the first things we need to set up in those programs?
1: So the very first thing I would want you to do is like walk away from Dubsado or HoneyBook. I know it sounds super counterintuitive, but I almost like want you to forget it exists for a second. So you've decided to use one of them. Awesome. I want you to take some time to think about what you really want out of the system and what you want your client process to look like. Because I think a lot of the time we're like, okay, HoneyBook can do this. Dubsado can do this. Like these are the features. This is what I have to be doing when they actually, both of them work best when we go, okay, my process process. process with clients. If I was going to do everything perfectly, it would be, I do this and then this and then this. So if you know your process and then you get the tool to um, do the work for you, it just works a little bit better. And you can also set it up a lot quicker than you're like, oh gosh, okay. So it's got a scheduler. How, like, what am I going to do with the scheduler? Like, what do I need to set up? Um, So thinking about what you want it to do first is a good first step. That's
0: a great tip because that's not how I did it. That's not how I set it up, but (laughs) Because it, it is, you go in and you have all of these features and you're like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I need to be using time tracking and I need to be using the scheduler and oh, there's all these like automations, workflows. What do I do with these? So I love that idea of go in, kind of map it out. I'm a visual person. So for me, mm-hmm. I like literally, when I started mapping out my client journey, I got a whiteboard and I just kind of literally made like a map of like, okay, when they first find me, here's what I want to do. Once we start talking, here's what I want to do. Um, so what does that client journey like typically entail? Like, what's in, What do you include in that that
1: these CRMs can help with? Yeah, I think you typically want to break it apart into three different processes um, or your CRM will call it a workflow usually. So that's just the automation. So if you think about it relative to what you want to automate, that's kind of a good end goal to start with. So the three of them are leads proposal and onboarding and offboarding. So when we talk about leads, we're talking about what happens when people come in from your website um, or what you want to do with them if they message you on Instagram or anything like that as well. So uh, do you have a discovery call with them? Do you send them out some kind of services guide or pricing guide or anything like that? Um, And I think it's also important there to think about whether you follow them up if they don't come back to you straight away. So follow-ups I think are a great thing. To pop into your process? Because again, like we're all dealing with more than one client and potential clients. So we want to get as much in there as we really can. Um, shall I dive right into proposal and onboarding? Well, I was going to say
0: the follow-up piece, this is something that I think is really overlooked a lot because we think like, okay, they inquired, I sent them my initial welcome email or welcome series, um, and then nothing happened. But we forget that like people get busy, people have lives um, you know, especially like with me coming from the photography world, like I'm usually dealing with moms who are booking a photo shoot and they see the email and they're like, okay, great. And then life goes on. Um, and then maybe they forget about it or whatever. So I think sending that follow up, I know for me, like even with podcast guests, like I'll have someone message me and they'll say, Hey, here's, you know, Charlotte, we think she'd be great for your podcast. And I might be, traveling or I might get the email when I'm out at my daughter's softball game or something. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that later. A week goes by, I've forgotten about it. And so having someone that follows up that's like, "Hey, just checking in to see if you were still interested in having her on as a sh- you know, guest on your show." That it doesn't annoy me, it doesn't bother me, and I think that's the fear we have to get over with those follow-ups is that you're not bothering somebody you might be reminding them that they wanted to hire you and there's nothing wrong with that. So definitely adding that in, I think is a great
1: piece that a lot of people overlook
0: is the power of that. I think so as
1: well. I, yeah, we are so worried about annoying people, aren't we? But you know, yeah. you're probably really grateful when someone follows you up. I know when I've forgotten someone and you remember like a month later and you feel so guilty and you're like, oh, I'm like almost too embarrassed to reply to them now. Like, I'll just <laughs> let it go. So I think- it's not annoying to anyone. And sometimes it shows that we really care and we're really excited to work with people. So I think there is huge power in the follow-up. I'm happy to admit that I would be crap at it if I didn't have a CRM helping me. Um, But that's why we use these tools to take care of the things that we maybe wouldn't remember when we're busy because, you know, we are at our kids sports games and we're in the car and we're trying to do a hundred other things just like our clients are.
0: Yeah. So the other thing on the leads I wanted to touch on is, you know, I think another fear, I'll say fear that people have is, um, and I know I've seen this in working with my coaching clients, helping them set up these kinds of workflows in their business is they think, okay, well, if a client reaches out to me and inquires, they say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about X, Y, or Z that you offer. um, We feel like that if it's an automated reply, if it's something that's set up kind of in this workflow of things, that it makes it feel impersonal. And as a small business owner, that's a, something that we kind of are proud of is the fact that we put kind of our personal touch on these things. So how can we use these programs and these automations to make our lives easier without losing that personal touch?
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing to your limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do.
1: Yeah, it's such a good thing to think about. I know you recently did an episode on this as well, didn't you? Infusing personality yeah. into your business. So um, I think all of those same principles apply. And when we think about automation, like put as much of your personality into this email as you can. Make it sound like you. Um, I'm not very good at writing. I I do not like it. So when I write these emails, I'm so awkward. But I try and think of a client that I really love or I have a great rapport with and think of that person when you're writing your emails. Um, the other thing to remember is that they're probably going to love it. So they might be sending you an inquiry, um, when you're watching Netflix on the couch or you're away for the weekend or like you're doing anything else. And the nice thing about them getting an automated response is they get it as soon as they're thinking about it. So they're probably more likely to take action on that. And if they've inquired for a couple of other people, like I know in the photography industry, if we're talking about like weddings or something, people often will inquire with a couple of photographers. And I hear from people so many times, like I've inquired with this person, it's been two weeks, I still haven't heard back from them and it's not a good feeling. So, you know, it is a tiny trade-off that they're getting an automated response, but I think the benefit far, far outweighs um, the risk there. And you can be really clever about how you infuse your personality in.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've said before, like I cannot stand when I reach out to somebody. I did this a couple of years ago looking for a photographer. We were traveling and looking for a photographer. And I reached out to several and like, I think out of like the three or four, I contacted two never even sent me an email back. And that just amazed me. I think that's why it's so important sometimes to look at our own client experiences. Like how are we treated when we inquire with somebody about a service? Um, Because that quick automated, like you said, I I don't, I think we're so worried about what people are going to think that we we you know we we don't do these things, and then it becomes a hindrance because we've you know like we get an inquiry on a Friday night. We don't respond to them till Monday morning or Monday afternoon. Well, somebody else has already probably contacted them. So I definitely think that they're you know, using the automation piece is not going to look bad on your business. It's actually going to help your business. You just have to mentally get over the idea that, It's an automated email, but that's okay. It doesn't have to feel like a robot sent it.
1: And I think a lot of clients are kind of impressed by it as well too. Um, Like so many of my clients and students tell me after they've implemented Dubsado that their clients are like, wow, like look at this cool whiz bang system. Like they almost assume that we would have crappy systems as a small business owner. But when we (laughs) approach it and they're like, wow, like this is professional. It's a really great way of like, justifying your prices and, you know, a great client experience only makes everyone feel better. So yes, it's benefiting us that, you know, you might get that inquiry on the Friday night and you don't want to go into emails on the weekend. So happy days, your system's taking care of it for you, but it really does benefit the client too. And I think we need to remember that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So going into the next part, the proposals Mm -hmm. part. So let's, let's dive into that.
1: Yeah. So something you can do with both Dubsado and HoneyBook that I love is that you can tie together your proposal contract and invoice. Um, and this one's huge because I know a lot of people are kind of used to sending their clients three different emails, or you kind of said before you sent through a contract and I don't know whether you've ever done this Kendra, but it's so easy to send something through and like forget to follow up with your client, whether they've actually done it. Yes, <laughs> And I think, yes, we've all done that one uh, guilty as well. But I think the last couple of years are especially have have taught us like the importance of getting all of your paperwork sorted and your ducks in a row with your clients. So um, really streamlining that process and making it easy for our clients to say yes once, make the decision once rather than, you know, yes, they say yes to your prices and then they read your contract and they're like, oh, this is a little bit scary. I have to sign a contract. And then they have to decide to hand over you the money again. I think the tighter we can make that process, the better.
0: Yeah. I love one of the things that HoneyBook has started doing recently is they have Um, And this may be kind of where they're trying to keep up with what Dubsado is doing already, but they've, they have combined all those things. So you can still send files separately, which is nice because if I need to send a one-off invoice, Mm -hmm. I can, but they've combined them into a process called flows, or I think they called them something different now, but um, so you can kind of send this really beautifully packaged kind of thing where you can say like, okay, here's the information, here's the contract, Here's where you choose your package. Here's your invoice. And it's all in one. Like you said, it's not sending five different emails to them. It's everything's done in one kind of pretty combined package. Um, and I've seen that with my clients, that helps a lot because, again, like they're all busy. They don't have time to go through five emails. Or if they're getting multiple emails, they might be thinking, oh, I've already done that. So I don't have to do like the other ones must be like a reminder. And they would only complete like the very first one and not do the other two. So yeah, I think streamlining that is really, really nice.
1: It is so good. It's such. I'm. I'm so happy that both of them have the feature now because I'm like, oh, why wouldn't you use this? <laughs> like, yes, it's I just, know. Again, if we talk about benefit to the client, like you said, they're so busy they don't have time to sift through their own box and find stuff. And then you know maybe Charlotte did her invoice but not her contract, and Kendra did her contract and not her invoice. And you've got to try and remember which client did which and you know, it's just too much for everyone. So that's the first feature I think in proposal and onboarding you really want to use. Um, From there, I think the next piece is having some sort of automated email that goes back to people when they've finished all those pieces. Um, And I know, again, like automation can be a little bit scary, but if I think we kind of think about how we're getting primed as consumers to expect the email after we purchase something online. And most of the time, you know, our clients are handing over money on the internet to someone who's almost a stranger and maybe they've been referred to us, but it feels really good to get an email afterwards and be like, okay, I'm okay. Like this shoot is going to happen. Or like, I know my designer is going to, you know, come through with the goods, whatever it is, having something that, that makes them feel comfortable that they pay that deposit, I think is really important.
0: Yeah. I was using this example the other day of, um, we were getting ready to go on a little vacation. And so we had booked an Airbnb house and we booked it three or probably four months in advance of our trip. And when I booked it, I got like a little notification. I was like, okay, everything's booked. We'll send you more information. And as the trip got closer, I was like, I haven't Heard anything from the owners? Like I think they the first email I got from them was three days before we were supposed to check into the house. And I'm a pretty laid back person. Like I'm not a super planner. My husband's the super planner, but we were going with a group of people who are planners, and they were asking me all these questions. I was like, I don't have answers because they haven't reached out to me. And so I, the more, and I tell like my clients all the time, like I would rather you overly communicate with your clients then have them any, give any reason for them to have questions or need to reach out to you to ask for things. Because yeah, like in that time of the time that they book with you versus the time that they actually do a session or your work is completed, they those little check-ins, those automated like little reminders or information emails can be so powerful to helping
1: them feel like, okay, everything is still good. <laughs> I don't know whether you felt this with your Airbnb, but like it almost makes you worry that something else is wrong. If you haven't heard back with something you expect, your brain's like, oh, did I book the right place? Is this place even going to be nice? Is it going to be like the photos? It's the same thing. Did they book it with somebody else and forget about us? Like... (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah they're gonna turn up it's yeah it just makes us more anxious so I agree I don't think you can over communicate with our clients really I think that um, the more we can do to make them feel confident and comfortable and like they made a really good decision the better stay with us we'll be right back
0: hey photographers are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet growing a business is tough you're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one size fits all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a -a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and QA sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one on one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one on one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, I agree. And having that piece automated, because again, going back to my time before having Um, a CRM when I was like, oh, I was setting reminders on my phone. I was like, on my calendar, I was like, okay, on this day, I need to send an email to Charlotte reminding her that her session is coming up a week from now. And it was just exhausting. Like I couldn't keep up with it. And I found that I was forgetting to send messages. I was forgetting to put out information. And so yeah, creating that automated workflow so that you don't have to think about it, but to your client, it feels like you're spending time to, dra- to create these emails and send them out to them and keep them in the loop. And it, little things like that can make such a big difference in the client
1: experience. They really can. And I think we we underestimate how much that experience means to our business as well too. Um, I, I did some maths a few months ago and in all time in my business, 59% of my clients have come from referrals, which if I put a dollar sign on it, like that blows my mind how, how much my clients have helped grow my business. So I think having a really strong experience, sometimes it seems like a task that we want to put off, but making your clients feel good can only do good things for your business. And yeah like you don't have to deal with those reminders anymore. I was feeling tired hearing <laughs> you talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it was exhausting. I don't even know. And I was still teaching full-time
0: at the time. And I don't mm-hmm. know how, like I had a paper planner and I would just like write in like who I need to email and when it was, oh, I like, it makes me like, gives me anxiety just thinking about what I used to do prior to having all of this in place. So it's, if, if you aren't convinced yet listening to this episode, I don't know what else will convince you, but the other thing I was going to say about the client experience thing and the referrals you mentioned, which that's an incredible number of referrals that you have. That's awesome. Is that I think as a like as a client on the user end, it can be easy to think, okay, well, I've paid her my money. So now like I'm not really, I'm not important to her because she's so busy getting more and more clients. And you want to make sure that at least I feel like I want to make sure each of my clients feels like they are my only client. Like I want them to feel like that nobody else matters. They have booked with me and I'm giving them all of my time and attention, but I don't actually have to give them all of my time and attention.
1: (laughs) I love that. Sometimes I use that example when we're talking about automation, like that is the best way to think about what you want to automate too. Like if you only had one client and you loved on them so hard, like what would you do? When would you email them? What would you say to them? If you think about that, like that is the perfect place to start because it's exactly how we want to make them feel. Yes. Okay. So
0: we can move on to the third one, which you said was offboarding, and mm-hmm. this is something that I actually it took me a while to to put into my automations because I, for the longest time I was like, okay, well, I did the the you know the pre stuff, I did the like leading up to their session kind of stuff, and then I was like, well, afterwards, like, I don't know, I send them their products and we're good to go, and I it wasn't until like maybe three or four years ago that I started doing kind of an offboarding process. And it's been so helpful. Like you mentioned the referral thing. That's where I get a lot of my reviews on Google and people send me their testimonials. Plus they get, you know, they are encouraged to tell their friends and family about it. And so it's an overlooked piece, kind of like we talked about the, you know, follow-up piece with your people who don't respond, this is something i think a lot of people kind of are like oh it's fine we were, we're, we're done with that client but it can have a really huge impact so go ahead and tell us kind of what the processes are you put in place there
1: Yeah, I also think this is the one that's the most overlooked and it's the one that can help you most with referrals. And like you said before, we want to make our clients feel like we really care about them, even if they paid us money like a long time ago. So uh, the kind of pieces that we'd be looking to put in here is some kind of really nice handover email or like wrap-up email. So it might be you delivering whatever you need to deliver to them and saying thank you and kind of closing out the relationship really nicely, Um, going back and asking them for a testimonial I think is so so important and just like the follow-ups like how often would you forget that Kendra if it wasn't built into your CRM all the time yeah yeah (laughs) for sure so it might feel awkward again like it's one of those things we have to do as business owners but take some time to write yourself a really good templated email um ask for a google review or fill out a feedback form Did you did you say you do google reviews Kendra yes I do yeah I love Google reviews. They're so good for SEO as well too. So if you're listening to us talking, Google review is the way to go. Um, Definitely that's important. Uh, You can put in referrals up, referral asks if you'd like to. um, And if that feels good to you, but a lot of the time, just by having a great experience, they're going to want to refer you anyway. Um, And I think the last piece of the puzzle is going back and checking in with them long term. So it might be, you know, just saying, hello, I was thinking about you. Like you don't have to make this fancy. It might be a year later saying, Hey, it's been a year since I shoot, you know, are you interested in doing another one? I wanted to see how you're going. Um, having some touch points long-term where you see how they go in again, it's not going to take you any more time if it's all in your CRM and it's all automated, but it's going to make them feel like you really cared about them and you really enjoyed working with them, which you probably did. You've just yeah. kind of moved on to the next thing. Yeah, no, I
0: love So I do um, like a little thank you email. Mm-hmm. Like, remind, especially with my photo shoots, I kind of send them it like, this, like the day after. I'm like, thank you so much. Really enjoyed working with you. You can expect your products and blah, blah, blah. You know, I give kind of a, a what's next. Um, and then I do send, I actually send two emails over time asking for reviews. Because again, a lot of people, like, they'll get the email. I include, like, a direct link to leave me a Google review. But then they're busy. They might have forgot. So I send another one later on. Um, but then I also will, depending on the type of session, I have like a follow-up questionnaire that I have them fill out for me. But what I did, oh, the referral part. So then I have my final kind of offboarding email that I send them has um, like a little, I guess you would call it like a coupon code sort of. And I'm like, hey, you know, if you refer your clients, they get X amount off their session. And for every client that books a session with me, you get, I send them an Amazon gift card. Um, as a thank you, because the, their session's done. They don't necessarily need like more from me. They just want like, everybody loves Amazon. So let's do that. Um, but one of the things that I have found that has been really helpful along with like the review thing is like, and I did this with my wedding clients a lot. Like you've mentioned the, like, yeah, right after they're you're done working with them, like send all this. But with my brides, I would set it up to where on their first anniversary, they would get an email from me and it would just say like, happy anniversary. Um, I would like tell them, you know, how much I enjoyed working with them. And then I would say like, Hey, if you want to do like a, a one-year anniversary photo shoot, or maybe like, let's get pictures of y'all, you know, if you've adopted any pets or brought anything else into your family. Um, and I would get a ton of second sessions with these brides who probably wouldn't have thought to hire me again. Cause they're like, Oh, that was my wedding photographer. Like, she's not going to do our family session, but if I'm reaching out to them again, it's, it feels like, oh my gosh, she remembered our anniversary. You know, it just, it makes such a big difference. Little things. It's kind of like when you think like the friend that you don't ever talk to, but she remembers your birthday and sends you a note, even though probably Facebook told her to, um, it still feels like, oh, that's, she thought of me and she took the time to send me a message. Something that simple can like really make you stand out and brighten someone's day.
1: Definitely. And I think like on your first wedding anniversary, you do celebrate your wedding and you kind of want other people to do it, but like yeah, people aren't as excited as your wedding day. It's, it's not yeah. really the same thing. <laughs> they've moved on. Um, So, you know, whether it's that, and I love offering them kind of a, an anniversary session, maybe they've got pets or, you know, maybe even kids and things like that. Like I got chills when you're talking about that. I'm a bit emotional at 6.30 Aww. in the morning apparently. <laughs> um, Like it, it feels really good to them. And it's such a smart business decision for you as well too. So, you know, everything we're talking about is such a win-win for clients as well as us as business owners. Well, and the beauty of it is it's not, it's something that you
0: spend time upfront doing, but then it results in this incredible experience for clients, you know, all the way down the line. Like it's not something you're having to do for every single client. Like I want to make sure that's clear to people who are listening who haven't used the CRM before is this is not something you are setting up per client. It's you're setting it up like for me when I was doing weddings, it was I had an entire workflow for all of my brides and it was the same workflow for every bride. And now I might have to go and change it up a little bit if somebody had a a unique situation, but um, for the most part, like it's a it's a one and done kind of system.
1: Yeah, definitely. The power is in the set and forget almost with these kind of things. Like, and you might have a different version of the workflow if you do weddings and then you also do families or something else as well. There might be, you know, some different variations and that's great, but both of them, you just set it up once and let it go. And like you said, you can always tweak them when there's unique cases or, you know, the timing's a little bit different than normal or something like that. But, you know, definitely we're not doing this stuff every time. Otherwise you and I would not be here talking, we'd be off looking after our clients. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So I want to kind of touch on the fact that we've talked a lot about like the automations and things like that. And I think again, like it can be a little bit intimidating for anyone who's kind of new to this and they're thinking, oh my gosh, okay. So I'm sending the same emails to all my clients, but what if my clients are asking specific questions or what if they have specific needs? So can you kind of clarify like, when automations are used and when you still are adding in like your own personal responses to people's conversations
1: yeah i think the first thing that that kind of doesn't really answer your question but it kind of does is we want to try and get ahead of our clients questions a lot of the time so by the time you're thinking about setting up a crm you've probably worked with a good handful of clients and you know the kinds of questions that they're all going to have um and you know your process really well like you are the expert at what you do definitely not not me like you know what like you're rock solid. I can't come and tell you how to do this better than you can. Um, so when you're writing all of these email templates and things like that, keep that in mind. And, you know, you might want to have an email. Like if you know people generally ask you questions a week before your sessions, send them an email two weeks before and go, Hey, here's some great tips that other people have found really helpful. So definitely infuse all of that stuff into your email templates as much as you can. Um, in Dubsado, and I can't remember about HoneyBook, Kendra, you might be able to help me with this one. There's something called requires approval that so we can pop on automations. Basically means that Dubsado will check with you before it sends out that email or whatever it's sending out. And you can go, okay, yeah, I'm cool with that going out. Or you can decide to tweak it a little bit. Does HoneyBook have something similar?
0: Yes. So they have it. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it, it is
1: like a notify before sending or something mm. like that. Yeah yeah okay i thought they did and that's a really handy tool so you might say okay some of my emails like they can just go out there's nothing that's going to go wrong with that one um so it might be like a notification an hour before the session like hey just a reminder this is my phone number this is where we're meeting um cuz you're in the car you're not going to remember to send that out um but some of your emails maybe it's best for you to check them before they go out and make sure that, you know, you haven't had that conversation with someone already or something like that. So I think that's the perfect way to balance it a little bit. And then of course, if your clients have other emails, we probably want to put, in your emails, how they can best talk to you about that. So, um, you know, maybe on your welcome email, you might say something like, PS, like if you have any other questions, just email me anytime. Or here's a scheduler where you can book a quick 15-minute chat with me if you ever need anything else. Directing them to how we want them to do that also gives them permission to when they need to. It makes them feel good about it.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, and I, I want to make sure we understand too. Like, so for me, like I use HoneyBook for my photography business, but I'm also using it for my podcast and my coaching clients and things like that. So it's, it's for all industries, right? I mean, like we talked about like creatives and things like that, but these, these CRMs are really for anyone who is working with clients, either in like a one-on-one or I've even done it with like, I have a group coaching program and I put them all into kind of one project, but, um, it's not just for like, I know we've kind of used a lot of photography examples here. Cause that's what I I've done, but, It's not just for like that type of industry. Um, You know, I use it, like I said, with my podcast, where you probably got emails from me that were saying like, hey, your interview is a week away or it's an hour away. Here's the Zoom link again. And don't forget to fill out this form so I have all your information. Like that's all been automated through HoneyBook as well. Um, So there's different ways to use this based on your, your industry, your
1: niche, and the needs that you have in your business. Definitely. They both market themselves pretty heavily to creatives because I guess that's where they both started. I mean, HoneyBook definitely started going into photographers, but now they've opened up a little bit more. Um, a couple of years ago, I set up a circus school on It oh which is super random. It was so much fun. I learned that so much. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was cool. (laughs) Um, But like accountants, bookkeepers, coaches, like you definitely don't have to be a creative to get the most out of this tool. Like you said, you use it for your podcast, which is awesome. And I loved getting those emails for the record. (laughs) Um, People even use it to onboard new contractors and staff members, like getting, you know, employee contracts signed or non-disclosure agreements signed, like anything really that you're looking after. Definitely one-on-one clients, but there's a few other ways you can hack it as well. If you're already using the tool, maybe think about how else it can help.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So before we kind of wrap up, I have one last question. So for anyone listening, who's thinking like, this sounds amazing. I'm going to look into Dubsado or HoneyBook or any other platform they're looking into. Um, But they are a little bit like, I don't even really know where to begin. I know you mentioned like the map out your client experience, but if they already kind of have that in place and they're doing it manually, What's the best way to kind of transition? Because it does take time to set all this up because you have to be able to go in and set up, you know, write out the emails, set up the workflows, figure out like the pacing and the timing of things. You want to kind of test them out too to make sure everything's working properly. So that can take time. So how do you transition from, okay, I'm doing this all manually myself to, okay, now I'm switching it over to this CRM How do you make that transition without it feeling like you're losing something in the transition?
1: Yeah, I think it all comes down to your templates. So having really, really great email templates and you probably have templates already without knowing, like dig through your sent box. And and that's a good way of making sure your emails actually sound like you're talking to a real person. Be like, okay, I emailed Kendra about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to go pull this out of my sent box. And instead of saying, hi, Kendra, I'm going to change it to hi, first name tag. Um, So create the templates that feel really good. So there's of course more steps in between, but kind of the broadest way of setting this up is is planning out your workflows, or your automations, creating really good templates that are going to make delivering that feel really good to you, even though it's automated and then going away and building your automations. And you mentioned testing. I think testing is so important. It's going to give you a lot of confidence that these things work and that you haven't kind of messed it up. So pretend to be a client, go through your own process.
0: Yeah. I have my own, um, like a separate, like my personal email. I have myself set up as a client in my HoneyBook system. So anytime I want to test a new workflow or I want to test a new like um, feature or whatever, I always send it to myself as a client first. So I can see not only like if it works, but how does it look on the client end? Because that's the scary part is you're sending off these templates and you're like, okay, it looks great on my end, but I want to make sure it looks good on their end. So definitely make sure you test it either to another email you have, or you know it could be like your a friend's email if you don't have a secondary email, or whatever. But um, definitely have like a test client sort of project within your thing that you can send all that to. Absolutely, I use my dog's name for mine.
1: Oh, I love that. goes to my personal email. use my dog's <laughs> name, it gives me a kick every time I test something out.
0: That is so fun! I love that. I think that everyone should put their fun. their pet's name in as their testing their test project. Definitely new rule, yeah. new rule. I love it, love it. Okay, so I know you have a. um a course that you are running. So tell us a little bit about that and then tell people how they can get in touch with you if they have more questions or they want to learn more about what you offer.
1: Yeah. So there's two ways I work with business owners. The first way is through eSeeker Society, which is a six-week guided program um, that walks you through a lot of the things that we've spoken about today. Um, A good way of seeing whether that might be a good fit is the free mini course that you mentioned. It's called Seven Steps to Automation. And it's a really, really great starting point um, to help you figure out the kinds of things you should automate and, and help you get started so you can start spending more time doing what you love. Uh, The other way I can help is with my DIY shop, which is a grab-as-you-need kind of resource center. So there's workflow or automation templates on there, proposal trainings, Zapier templates, which is another kind of automation we didn't get into today. Um, But all those things are available on my website. So you can grab whatever you need and start implementing straight away. Perfect. And so where, if people want to follow you, what platform is easiest to follow you on? I like Instagram. So at Charlotte Isaac HQ is my handle. Is that what they're called? Wow. I feel so old. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> well, the other
0: day I made a reference to the MySpace top eight. I don't know if you were ever on MySpace. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. But I made a reference about like the new Instagram feeds. And I was like, well, your favorites is kind of like the MySpace top eight. And I was like, man, I really just dated myself, didn't I? (laughs) No, I feel that way
1: when I talk to people about TikTok. I'm like, yeah, I'm on. I'm scrolling dog videos and people are like, use TikTok for your business. I'm like, oh no, like I can't.
0: Yeah, Instagram's my happy place. I'm going to stick with Instagram. Even if that means that like someday I'm just an old dinosaur, it's fine. (laughs) That's cool. We're we're like the people stuck on Facebook. We'll be stuck on Instagram. There you go. I'm okay with it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for again, getting up early for chatting with us, for sharing all these incredible tips. And I really appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on because you mentioned the Zapier, like integrate, like automation. stuff. I would love to learn more about that because I haven't really like, I've dipped my toe in that water a little bit, but I'm not fully there yet. So I'll have to have you back on to kind of teach me your ways so that I can start implementing some of those as well. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Wonderful. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business and send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.